At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey there, and welcome into your Friday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm, of course, your host, Danielle Alvari. So excited to have you back in here. Not a lot of NBA going on in today's pod, to be honest, because it is a very difficult time to bet on the NBA right now. Our team's still trying, uh, even the ones that probably should be for positioning in terms of playoffs, it seems, are falling short. Players are playing half a game, so it's really hard to bet props. Just a really tough time of the year before we lead up into playoffs, which should be very, very exciting. Uh, in the NBA, though, not... Not to be forgotten, the Clippers beat the Suns. Now, not the full-strength Suns, so hold your horses, but still, Norman Powell back in the lineup for the Clippers, and the Clippers win 113-109 to on Wednesday. Even with Phoenix surging in the fourth quarter, scoring 48 points, the Clippers held them off. That is the kind of defense I need to see in the playoffs. The Clippers shot 44% field goal, uh, 35 from three points. Same with the Suns there. Uh, and so this was really exciting to see the Clippers start to get back into that form a little bit more turnovers than you'd like to see but again they were playing you know they're playing the suns in some capacity now norman powell back just three games obviously before next week's play-in clippers eighth place team in the west paul george and, powell, and norman powell combined for 43 points this team could be dangerous yes i know there is this Kawhi cloud hanging over all of this where why why can't we have Kawhi back but we have no idea what his situation is like we said uh, actually in the last week last pod Kawhi was shooting some threes at practice moving around miraculous reappearance in the middle of playoffs wouldn't that be such a thing for Kawhi to do 
I don't know. But I do know that these Clippers team has a veteran, just defensive versatility. They have offensive firepower. This this can be a dangerous team as we head into playoffs. Uh, the Lakers will not be attending playoffs, but they do play Friday. Thunder at Lakers. Saturday, the Kings are at the Clippers. In today's show, opening day opened. Adam Burke from VEASAN finally back. You may remember him from the NFL season. We had him on quite frequently. He'll be back to join the pod to talk Angels and Dodgers. Let us know what we are in for this season. Adam Burke, very big baseball fan, so excited to get his takes. He's been working very hard on a lot of baseball information for VEASAN, Vegas Stats and Information Network, the sports betting network. And then after we talk to Adam, we'll also bring in somebody to talk some soccer. Someone uh, on Twitter many moons ago asked me to talk about soccer, and I could not do it to you guys. But I've brought in a guest finally, Nick Hennion from Action Network, and we actually met working together at VSIN. He'll join the show to preview El Trafico, yes, soccer content. And maybe we can ask him about his master's bets as well. I think he was tweeting about that as well. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles Lions available at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. In the NBA, Clippers 22 to 1 to win the West. 50 to 1 to win the championship. They're in action Saturday at the Kings. And then Friday, Thunder at Lakers. Meaningless. As for the MLB, the Dodgers are minus 250 to win the National League West, plus 225 to win the National League, plus 475 to win the World Series. And the Angels faced the Astros on Thursday. They have them again Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 4 to 1 to win the AL West, 16 to 1 to win the American League. That's down from 17 to 1, so maybe a little bit of action there. And 30 to 1 to win the World Series. You can find all these odds and so much more at Bet River Sportsbook. Now, before we bring in Adam Burke, quick update or preview, if you will, of the Dodgers game on Friday. Dave Roberts announced on Thursday that Walker Bueller would be his opening day starter. Uh, that was actually, he announced it last Thursday. It's Bueller's first start on opening day in his career. He's only the fourth Dodgers opening day starter since 2010 because Clayton Sher Kershaw has been doing that nine times, including in 2021. Uh, obviously, uh, Bueller finished fourth in the NL Cy Young voting last season. He was 16-4 and four with a 2.47 ERA and 0.97 whip. That's pretty good. 212 strikeouts in over 207 innings. Definitely really stepped into his own last season. Very exciting to see that. So Bueller getting the start. Versus Denver native Kyle Freeland. He'll get the ball for Denver. I like a yes run in the first inning at Coors Field as always. But because it's there, the bookmakers know it as well. It will probably be very juiced. Uh, won't be a lot of value on it. If anything, take a blind shot on the no run first inning. But don't do that because why would you? This offensive powerhouse of the Dodgers, it doesn't even make sense. The Dodgers run line, we're seeing around minus 125 in the market. So Dodgers minus one and a half runs is at minus 125 or so. I'm sure that will have some movement as well. Dodgers over a 200 point favorite, minus 200, minus 210. Uh, a little too steep for me, but maybe something to look at the run line. Total sitting around 11, so expecting a high scoring game here. Friday, the Rockies host the Dodgers to kick off the regular season. Now let's welcome in Adam Burke from VEASAN. You can find him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. You may remember him from the LA City cast during football season, but it's been a long time since then. Adam, have they just been working you to the bone over there? Yeah, I guess we could say that. I mean, uh, you know, usually I do my preseason MLB guide during spring training in February, uh, but this year, the quick turnaround, they came to an agreement. I think I had 12 days to turn around all 30 team previews, so uh, it was uh, a push, but happy we got it done. I think it was some pretty good content over at vcin.com. 
Did you get to bet on any March Madness amongst all that, or were you just bogged down with the baseball? No, you know what? I got to get involved with March Madness. It was a little bit less than a break-even tournament for me. And, you know, look, I mean, I tell everybody, I prefer betting conference tournaments, NIT, CBI, mm -hmm. CIT, Basketball Classic, whatever else, more than the NCAA tournament. Love the excitement of the NCAA tournament. I just think the other tournaments provide a lot more betting value. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a great point. This is something that people aren't betting on as much. You can probably find a lot better value in. Um, and that's what we're here to find out from you today about our two LA teams, obviously the Dodgers and the Angels. Baseball is back. They actually had the freeway series going on this week. Dodgers and Angels played three times in spring trading leading up to opening day. Uh, the Dodgers won most recently 5-0, to zero, but the Angels won the other two. Let's start with the Dodgers. They opened their season on Friday at the Rockies. Last year, I mean... It seems like we have to talk about this every season with the Dodgers, some kind of blockbuster trade they've completed. Uh, but of course, they get that 12-year contract extension for Mookie Betts in February of 2020. Then trade deadline, they get Trey Turner in a trade with the Washington Nationals. And you could just say, arguably, they have the best lineup in baseball. Seven former All-Stars, not to mention the MVPs. Just endless potential on the offensive side of things. What can we look forward to from the Dodgers this season? Yeah, you know, Daniel, I actually wrote about this in my Dodgers preview. I mean, I grew up in Cleveland, Cleveland native, born and raised, born in 86, and I grew up with the 90s Indians. So I grew up with Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, Roberto Alomar, Carlos Baerga, Kenny Lofton. You know, they had Eddie Murray for a while and, and you know, David Justice and a lot of those different types of guys. I mean, I got to watch an offensive showcase every single night. I can't even believe I forgot to mention Albert Bell. But I got to watch an offensive showcase every single night. Dodger fans get the exact same thing this year. This is the best lineup we've probably seen since those 90s Indians. Um, maybe even better than those 90s Indians, perhaps. You know, look, they go out and get Freddie Freeman. I mean, they didn't need Freddie Freeman, but they went out and got Freddie Freeman, who may end up being the best hitter on this team when all is said and done at the end of the year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Offensively, there are no weaknesses. You know, they make that A.J. Pollock trade the other day that allows them to kind of shift some guys around, put Gavin Lux out there every day at second base. Uh, it's just unbelievable the embarrassment of riches that the Dodgers have. They will hit, so they won't have any excuses on that side. It's the pitching that I, I find a little bit questionable. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought the pitching up. I mean, Trevor Bauer expected to miss at least some time suspension, perhaps for some of the abuse allegations that were going on against him last year. Uh, Dustin May, Danny Duffy, rehab from surgeries. But they did retain Kershaw. They added in Haney and Anderson. And then Tony Gonsolin started 13 games last season. He'll also be in the bullpen. How, how's their pitching looking? Yeah, you know, the, the Bauer thing is really interesting because I think he would really help this team. I, I don't know what Major League Baseball is going to decide, going to, decide to do. I don't really know if the Dodgers want him back either. I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of a, a big question, sort of a elephant in the room type of thing where maybe the players just don't necessarily want him back. I think he would help tremendously because the thing I worry about with this rotation is health. Now, Walker Bueller is very, very good. They brought him along slowly in some of the previous seasons. I don't think they will do that this year. But, you know, like he's a guy who should be a workhorse at the top of this rotation. Other than that, Julio Urias threw 185 and two-thirds innings last year. He'd topped out at 122 previously in his career, and that was back in 2018. That was a massive workload bump for him. I hope he's going to be okay. I've got some pieces of him to win the Cy Young. So I do think he's the best pitcher in this rotation, but I do worry about any sort of residual you know, carryover from last season. Clayton Kershaw ended last season hurt. Tony Gonsolin, he only threw about 70 innings last year. He hasn't mm -hmm. gone higher than 120 since 2018. 
I really worry about the durability of their starting staff, Danielle. And, and if they got Bauer back, a guy who wants to pitch every four days as opposed to every five days, it would help. But I don't know if that's going to be the case. So even though they have a ton of arms and Dustin May is coming back from injury and all of that, I do worry about the injury attrition for this rotation and some of those guys that made really big innings increases last year. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see that issue there. And it is such a sensitive issue with Trevor Bauer. And I do think it's really divisive. You can say, well, maybe they don't want him in the locker room, but I'm sure it's, you could find just as many people or fans or players that are saying, oh, well, we don't want people falsely accused of things. But then of course, do we want the muddiness of this? There's people who believe that obviously he did do things. So it's just a mess, really. I mean, you could compare it even to the Deshaun Watson situation. So um, it is really tough. But Beyond that, I mean, it was unfortunate that the timing of the signing definitely last year. They definitely need his help. That said, this Dodgers team is stacked. Seven players are projected to be worth at least two and a half wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs, which is a great website to get some good stats for baseball betting. At their best here, they should at least be able to wear down the opposing pitching staffs. They can work deep into bullpens. My question here really is, do the Dodgers have a weakness? And if so, what is that weakness? On paper, no. I mean, this right. is a deep bullpen. As I mentioned, the lineup one through nine is just absolutely absurd. And like you said, they're going to wear down a lot of opposing pitchers. Even if they have pitching injuries, this Dodgers lineup may score six and a half runs a game. I mean, they may just be wow. that good to you know just sort of overcome any potential issues that they could end up having. Uh, they're just stacked, you know, offensively. And that covers up a lot of problem areas for a team. I think the bullpen is good. Jimmy Nelson will be coming back. Tommy Canley looked pretty good in his rehab or in his return, I should say, during spring training. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of arms they can throw. They're very good at developing arms, too, which doesn't hurt. Um, no, there are no weaknesses on paper. Weaknesses can pop up with, like I said, about the injury concerns and maybe mm. some carryover from last year for the starting staff. But other than that, right now, the way they're going into opening day, there are no weaknesses on this team. With that being said... 99 and a half is a very high win total. It leaves very little margin for error. I know they won 106 games last year, and there will be incentive for these really good teams because the expanded playoffs now give the top two seeds a bye. They don't have to play in that wild card round. So there is some incentive there to kind of keep your foot on the gas pedal. If the Dodgers are able to do that, they're going to fly over that win total. I'm not sure that that will be the case. I do lean under and did take them in the Westgate season win total challenge under. Not a strong mm -hmm. play by any means. I didn't personally bet it. I just had to make a pick for that contest. Uh, but, I mean, like I said, on paper right now, no, they don't have weaknesses, but they certainly could pop up. Well, two things here. So, yeah, 106 wins, but they didn't even win their division. So, right. pff, pitiful. Uh, and the other thing is, tell me about the contest for people who don't know who might want to get in on something like that. Well, actually, the deadline was last night at 10 p.m., but for anybody who wants to do it in the future, uh, it's over at the mm -hmm. Westgate, $200 entry. You can have up to three entries max. You pick every season win total over or under, all 30 teams. Mm, fun. Fortunately, I was able to do that with my MLB guide over at vsid.com. <laughs> so I was just kind of able to to write overlap. down all my picks and all that and overlap it a little bit. But, yeah, um, you know, look, obviously a lot of people are familiar with the Super Contest uh, over at Westgate Sportsbook. But they also have this MLB season wins challenge as well. And uh, I tweeted out all my plays yesterday. I said it was looking like 30-0 and 0 or at least 29-1. and 1. So uh, hopefully I'm a fortune teller in that regard. 
Yes, well, hopefully we do see that. That's interesting that you go under on this because I, I wanted to bet this over. It was at 98.5 at one point, like you said, up to 99.5 in some spots. Um, in 2019, they won 106 games. You mentioned 106 before. It seems like this team is just inevitable to win, but I do think, yeah, the one area where they might have pause or, or, or cause for concern would be possibly injuries. I mean, even we saw Cody Bellinger struggle with that, Mookie Betts last season, just a litany of people. So that is something to be uh, aware of, but I mean... Freddie Freeman, Craig Krimble, like, they have a full season with Trey Turner. They're expecting a better season from Bellinger, I'm sure. Mookie Betts, I mean, 98.5 if you can still find it, but probably 99.5. I think I may take a flyer on it over. I never bet futures because I don't like having my money tied up. You know I'm a millennial. I have a short attention span. Um, but I am trying to start to start bet some totals as well. This whole show honestly should be called Things I Don't Bet that I'm going to start <laughs> betting more because I'm also talking soccer later in this show. Uh but yeah, we'll have to start getting into some futures. Let's talk about the Angels as well. Keep in mind, we're recording this on Thursday before they play the Astros on their opening day. The Angels were Moneyline favorites in that one, minus 118 on Bet Rivers, and then plus 150 on the run line. Total was at 9, so we'll see how that one plays out. That said, their win totals at 84.5. Is this one where you would possibly look at an over? They won just 77 games last year, but Mike Trout missed a majority of the season. Yeah, this is one where I don't have anything personal on it, but for the purposes of that contest over at the Westgate, I did take the over on this one mm-hmm. with the Angels. Uh, look, offensively, they look pretty good this year. You know, they've updated the corners. Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh are going to play pretty much every day for them. That's a significant upgrade. Getting Mike Trout back is clearly an upgrade. I mean, he was on pace for his best offensive season ever before he got hurt last year. And we're talking about a guy who, if he retired tomorrow, would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So the idea that he was on pace for his best offensive season ever is is kind of mind-blowing. So we'll see if he can pick up that pace. Obviously, Shohei Otani, the reigning MVP. But, you know, I like Jared Walsh. You know, I, I like Max Stasi quite a bit. I think he's one of the most underrated players in all of baseball, not just because he's a good offensive catcher, but because he's also an excellent defensive catcher. And I think that a guy like him can steal a little bit of value for a pitching staff. And this pitching staff does have some concerns. Obviously, Noah Syndergaard is a big concern coming off of multiple injuries. You're going to see an innings increase from Patrick Sandoval, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, you know, you've got Shohei Otani. How long is he able to hold up in the rotation? All those different types of things. But I just think offensively, this team is really, really good. Ever since they lowered that wall in right center field, it's kind of increased their offensive numbers at Angel Stadium. I think that continues to be the case. And in the bullpen, they pick up Ryan Tapera, they pick up Aaron Loop, they picked up a couple of really good high-leverage relievers to help out Rysel Iglesias. So I think they've made some smart moves here this offseason. And, I mean, getting you know Mike Trout back is, is about the best move you can possibly have. A lot of people are looking at the Mariners you know, as a team that got a lot better in the AL West, but I think the Angels did as well. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because, of course, this is a concern for the Angels the past couple season has been pitching. And it seems like they've addressed that a little bit, but we'll have to actually see how it works out for them. Uh, you mentioned Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, of course. And this is a team that's in the past heavily relied on their stars, whether it's Shohei or Mike or Anthony Radone or Jared Walsh, like you mentioned. Uh, but Shohei and Mike Trout, some of the MVP favorites, no surprise there. I feel like it's weird. We we almost don't even talk about Mike Trout sometimes. Be, like I feel like he gets lost in the mix. Like, he's so good, but he's also not somebody who we see get a lot of attention in the media the way you would maybe see a Mookie Betts. 
but he's so, so good. Uh, it was hard to bet him last season. He would have short odds even when he was missing all those games up until it was finally like, yes, no, he's not even in contention. But as far as the MVP odds are, do you think Mike Trout or Shohei are somebody that you would look at? I, I think Trout is definitely worth a look. I mean, you know, look, also, too, the, the guy was largely an Iron Man, you know, playing a mm. lot of games. And then last year kind of gets a little bit of downtime. Maybe that's a good thing for him going forward. Uh, he's surrounded by a lot more talent in the lineup, too. And lineup protection's not really a thing sort of backed by data. But it is something when you talk about winning an MVP, you know, you need those counting stats. You need to score runs. You need to drive in runs. You know, all those different types of things. And now he has a higher probability of doing stuff like that simply because the team around him is a lot better. And, and it's not even just a thing of getting Trout back. And, and, you know, I hope that he's healthy and has a great season because he's the best baseball player on the planet still, in my opinion. But Anthony Rendon, if they can get anything close to what mm -hmm. Anthony Rendon has done in the past, that's a massive upgrade for this lineup, too. He was also a guy that missed most of last season. And even when he was out there, he wasn't very good. So... There's a lot of guys with track records here that are bounce-back guys, but then there's also some youth that should come up and, and be better offensively and defensively than what was there. So I think this team has a relatively high ceiling. I think they probably win about 86 games or so, go just over that season win total, maybe threaten for the second wild-card spot. I don't know, or the third wild-card spot, I guess, now. But uh, I think this team will definitely be improved. Well, I like the overs on both of these win totals for both the Dodgers and the Angels, and I never bet overs, and I never bet futures. So let's see how this plays out for me. Uh, before I let you go, Adam, of course, because you've been doing all this baseball handicapping, I have to ask you about the stats we use for this. Because NBA stats are one thing. MLB is an entirely different beast. I mean, last season, the Dodgers ranked fourth in runs scored and seventh in weighted runs created plus, which is a catch-all metric at Fangraphs that controls for the ballpark, among other variables. As you can see, it can get very, very complicated very quickly. Some people are like, what's a whip? So which ones do you find most valuable to look at? And just as, as a conversationally as you can, I guess. Yeah, WRC Plus is one I really do love. Weighted Runs Created Plus, as you mentioned. And it's a stat that's pretty easy to understand. I mean, you don't have to know what the formula is. Let somebody mm -hmm. else handle that. Let somebody else deal with that. What it what it really boils down to, to me, with all these statistics, is knowing how to interpret what they mean. You don't have to know how they come to these numbers. You just have to interpret what they mean, why they're important, are they predictive, stuff like that. But a stat like WRC Plus, it's very simple to understand. 100 is league average. If you have a 100 WRC+, plus, you are a league average player. If you're at 105, you are 5% better than league average. And this is just offensive, by the way. This doesn't take into account defense or anything like that. If you're a 95 WRC+, plus, you're 5% below league average. So it's a very easy stat to kind of understand, and you can look at it from a team standpoint. You can look at it from an individual player standpoint. It's a really good indicator of how many above average or below average players a team actually has. And that's been one of the problems with the Angels, as you mentioned. They've been a stars and scrubs team. They've been Mike Trout and then maybe somebody else and then a bunch of below average hitters. I feel like now they're going to have a lot more of those average and above average hitters. And we should see that play out throughout the season in terms of WRC+. Uh, another stat that I really like to take a look at is hard hit percentage. And I look at this a lot mm. for pitchers. This is a contact management metric you can find over at BaseballSavant.com and also Fangraphs. Uh, it's part of the StatCast MLB Advanced Media product. But hard hit percentage is percentage of batted balls 
hit at least 95 or more miles per hour in exit velocity. And the reason why this is an important number is because a batted ball of 95 plus miles per hour has a batting average around 500. So if you hit the ball hard, you're probably going to get on base. Similarly, if you're a pitcher who allows a lot of hard contact, you're going to struggle. So that's something that I've really tried to incorporate in my handicapping a lot more over the last three or four seasons as that data has become more accessible because there's a high correlation between winning and making hard contact and preventing hard contact. So that's a stat that I really love to look at and sort of try to figure out which team is going to make more hard contact, which team is going to have more run scoring opportunities. And and those are things that I, I really try to do on a daily basis as much as possible. Well, that's already very helpful. Uh, and I'm love that you pointed that one out because I've heard that one talked about every baseball season. Uh, and there's obviously a lot more we can dive into, so we're going to have to have you back on the pod. But before we let you go, Adam, is baseball your favorite thing to bet? I, I forget, because I know you said you grew up watching those, those 90s Indians. So what uh, what is your favorite thing to bet? Is it baseball? Yeah, it's baseball. I mean, the edge used to be bigger when fewer people were using sabermetrics and, and all of these advanced stats. You are able to get out in front of line moves easier. You know, there were a lot of different things that you could do. Uh, some of those edges have kind of gone away now, which is why I've kind of gravitated towards those contact uh, management stats, the stuff over at StatCast and all of that. But baseball is the sport where I feel like I've got the best chance at getting an edge. Um, it's also just, you know, been my favorite sport. And look, like I said, I grew up in Cleveland where the Browns were gone for five years from 95 to 99. The Cavs weren't particularly good. Uh, it just, you know, I played hockey, but it became a baseball thing for me. And it's just all kind of always been that way. It's been my favorite sport. And I love diving into the data too. You know, I, I love mm-hmm. analyzing all that data and, and trying to find things that, you know, maybe other people aren't looking for. I feel like all of that stuff is already covered in most of the other markets. So I feel like mm-hmm. baseball gives me the best chance at, at finding something that other people aren't able to see. Yes. And I love that so much. And and I love talking to people about the sports they enjoy betting. And I think that the, st- the sports that you enjoy watching the most and that I enjoy betting are the ones that I enjoy watching are the ones I'm willing to look at more stats. I'm looking to dig. I'm willing to dig a lot deeper into these things because I enjoy the game a lot more. So um, that is no surprise of your expertise in this area. So thank you so much to Adam Burke. You can find him all over VEASAN. My goodness, he writes so much. Uh, and on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Thanks so much, Adam. Absolutely. Thanks, Daniel. Coming up, El Trafico, LAFC versus the LA Galaxy going on on Saturday. Nick Henyon from Action Network and formerly from VSIN will be here to talk about it. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRiver Sportsbook. BetRiver Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Welcome back into the LA City cast. And now finally, people have been asking me for soccer content and I could not do it to them because I know nothing about it. So instead, let's welcome in Nick Hennian into the show, soccer betting analyst at Action Network, formerly NBC, and also VSIN, the sports betting network where we met. So, Nick, how are you doing? I am good, Danielle. It is great to be back with you. A little role reversal here. I used to be in your ear, you know, counting you in in and out of segments. And look at uh, look at us now. Who would have thought to quote one Paul Rudd? I know. I love it. That's actually one of the things I love about working in sports is you never know where people are going to go next for their job. You're usually not at the same place for several you know, years or a decade or anything like that. So everyone's moving around. Um, and very excited now to be able to get you on the show to talk about soccer. But before we do, what have you been working on since we were spending our glorious time at VEASAN? I, mean, I still am, obviously. So much. I mean, so 
for those who don't know, I was at VEASAN for almost a year and a half um, and left there in April of 2021. And I've been all over the map since then. I went to work for NBC Sports doing Premier League betting analysis, covering the European Championship for them and continued doing that up, up until like last month, basically. And then signed on with Action Network to do some work for them. I do soccer and Formula One betting analysis for them right now. And I also contribute content to their New York Post partnership. So you can find me in both venues there if you're, uh, if you're wanting to search me out. You're doing it all, man. And I'm, and I also have to tell you when I was prepping for this segment, the best I possibly could, it's going to be very transparent how little I know about soccer, just forewarning here. But uh, when I was looking at the odds on bet rivers for El Trafico, which is what we're going to be talking about today, the two LA teams battling, I cannot tell you how lost I got in this soccer menu. I was like premier league, all-star league, ALS. There's like different, they're sorted by countries. They're like, yes. there's so many things like you can easily get lost. So just go in the search bar and type LA galaxy. Just make it easy on yourself. Uh, but El Trafico, it's coming up. It's an iconic matchup. Apparently LA galaxy, LAFC. It's going to be on Saturday at dignity health sports park at 4 30 PM Pacific time on Fox. The odds right now on bet rivers, LA galaxy plus 145 on the money line, LAFC plus 155 and then a tie at three to one if you're new to soccer betting that is something you can bet as well and i unfortunately side story here went to one of my cousin's soccer games he played at loyola marymount university in southern california i went to a game it was over an hour it was all like whatever all the extra overtimes are and it ended zero to zero and i wanted <laughs> to kill myself because i could not believe that i spent all that time to see nobody win but tie plus 300 for this game uh, and then the total set at two and a half goals over minus 182 i'm sure we'll talk about that shortly and then the under at plus 133 so again those are the odds at bet rivers it looks like a relatively new rivalry right because lafc entered the league in 2018 i believe saturday's game will be the 14th time these sides have ever faced off since lafc mm -hmm. joined the mls um, but still a decent sample size perhaps to look at this so how do you kind of approach this game Man, I mean, it's LAFC has been dominant since they joined the league. Like they have LA Galaxy have, and this is kind of the frustrating thing about MLS to me is teams drastically overperform their underlying metrics, which is a soccer better is not what you want. I mean, I think that let me look this up really quickly. I think over the last seven or five head-to-head -head meetings, LAFC plus 5.1 expected goal differential so about they should be winning every match basically negative two in reality it is just like so overwhelming betting this specific rivalry but you know i love it like there are so many goals um a lot of offense going on in the between these two teams so as a neutral you kind of just sit back and watch and hope for chaos because you've seen it um, but you know, it's, it, it's very, it's a very finicky odds market to try and predict. Is that normal across MLS in general betting, or is that unique to this because perhaps it's a rivalry matchup? Because it sounds like a rivalry game I want to watch. Hopefully lots of goals being scored. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it does tend to happen in MLS very frequently because teams, like, basically teams finish at a faster rate than they should be doing. So you do kind of see teams overperform. And whereas in kind of, if you look over in Europe, you'll see teams start to regress back to the mean if they do overperform on their underlying metrics. 
MLS, there could be none of that. Like, a team could overperform the entire season, and you'll just never see that regression come, which is, like, something as a soccer better you try to look for, basically. Um, but, yeah, this is this is the extreme example of that. Are there any other, before we talk more about this matchup, main differences with betting soccer as opposed to betting other sports? Yeah, the tie. I mean, that, that tie. You, you mentioned it. I mean, first of all, it, it, it's sort of – I like to compare to – playing Baccarat if you walk into a casino and you have the drops <laughs> and it's first of all it's so fun betting on a draw but it is highly unlikely that you're gonna hit it because basically like and sometimes my strategy is if, if you're betting on the draw you have to see a path to nil nil which I, I know you don't like that but like sometimes nil nil is a good result if you're betting on a draw um but that said, like, you kind of get to switch your rooting allegiances as the game is going on, which is fun. So, But that that's kind of the main difference with soccer. And, you know, it's sort of low-event game, so you have to have the patience to... I think someone said it to me best. In order to watch soccer, you have to be okay with things almost happening. Whereas, like, in NFL oh, or NBA, God. things are happening oh. all the time. Soccer, you have to be okay with watching something come so close to happening. Which I, I this is do, so that this is my nightmare. Uh, I'm sorry. I apologize to the soccer fan. This is just my nightmare because I remember having to play soccer in PE, and I was like, so how does this sport work? Okay, the goal is really big. I like that. There's one tiny person in there. That's great. But you're running around and you sprint full speed to the ball, and when you get there, it's already gone. So it is essentially track with a ball, and there's so low scoring. So it is really tough. But it's really impressive when you watch like these really high level soccer. I will say. Um, that said, there's two teams here in LA. That's not a common we're used to seeing the angels and the dodgers and the lakers and the clippers this is a newer rivalry which team is more popular is there like sections of la i know you're not in la personally but that certain areas cheer for i know that's something i should know uh galaxy by far the more popular team mostly mm. because they've been around longer and you know they have been sort of the i like to compare the galaxy to the lakers lafc is more so like the clippers because la galaxy have had those traditional stars you know david beckham mm. had a stint playing for the galaxy landon donovan those are names the casual soccer fan will know whereas lafc is more kind of that upstart team that goes out and gets, you know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and not that those aren't well-known NBA names, but the equivalent of LAFC's top players are more so like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So Galaxy have the bigger fan base, but in terms of, you know, recent results, Galaxy have not been super great recently. So LAFC, if you're rooting for greatness and, like, you want a deep playoff run, other than last season, of course, um, LAFC is the, the way you want to go. Well, so we're in the very early part of the season already, but how have these teams looked just early in the season here? Yeah, I've been really impressed with LAFC. And I mean, we'll get into this later. It, it kind of is a little surprising to me. They're not favored in this matchup over the Galaxy. Mm. Their defense last season was awful. I mean, they <laughs> to close out the season, they allowed at least one expected goal in 12 straight. That is not good. So far this season, under one, at least under 1.1 expected goals in all five matches. Under one in three of five, I believe. So wow. their defense has been really good. And, you know, a large part of that has been they brought in a midfielder named Kellen Acosta in the offseason. He plays kind of like what we call in soccer a six, 
which is kind of like that holding midfielder. Fans of European soccer will think of players like N'Golo Conte as traditional sixes. That's the role Kellen Acosta plays, and he's been so good. And that's a big reason why LAFC's defense has kind of improved a lot. And, you know, with him on the pitch, LAFC have a plus 0.54 expected goal differential per 90 minutes. That's the third highest figure on the team with players who have at least four starts this season. So, you know, we know LAFC is kind of this really good offensive team, and that was never going to be their problem. But, I mean, just look at their last match against Orlando when, you know, Acosta didn't start. They allowed two goals. So, like, they really kind of you know, miss the boat on that front. But their offense is really good, very well balanced. They have five players who have accumulated at least one expected goal in five matches. So, you know, they're really good. And I think it's it's still early, but they look like they could challenge teams like Colorado and Seattle for the Western Conference title. Well, that's really surprising, like you said, because they're definitely not favored in this one. But you're still getting plus money on both sides of the money line here, plus 155 on LAFC, so just 10 cents more than the Galaxy. Uh, it's interesting when I was looking at this, too, because historically this series, each team has exactly 29 goals through their 13 matches. Um, and the amount of goals each team has scored through 13 all teams is exactly the same, 29. So I know that you have some best bets here, and that's probably related to also we're seeing a lot of juice on the over here. What are some of your best bets for this? So I really like LAFC team total over one and a half goals. That's a plus 105. LAFC plus 108 on Bet Rivers. LAFC. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Three extra cents. LAFC, draw no bet. So, Danielle, we're going to take the draw out of the equation for you. If it finishes level, you get a push. But LAFC, draw no bet. I found it around, like, even money, minus 105. That's a bargain basement steal, like, right here. Because here's the thing with the Galaxy. We know they can score. That is not their problem. But it really is a one-man show over there. Like, Javier Hernandez... uh, he's better known as Chicharito, has 40% of their expected goal total this year. That is... That sounds like, high. Yeah, I mean, it's high. <laughs> uh, so he's... They really don't have much other than him in attack. I mean, they brought in a new signing this summer, D- Douglas Costa, who is a famous winger. He plays for Brazil, Brazil's national team. He's also had stints with Juventus in Italy and Bayern Munich in Germany. Those are some top clubs out in Europe. And they brought him in to kind of be the support system, and he's been awful to start. Point uh, two hmm. expected goals in four matches. Not great. Um, so I think that the Galaxy, like, they can score, but their defense has looked a little shaky when they have had to play top competition. I think in two matches against, uh, they played Seattle and they played the Portland Timbers, two very good mm-hmm. Western Conference teams. They're allowing north of two expected goals per 90 in those two matches. So, you know, a little bit of a small sample, but, you know, combine that with the fact that, like, LAFC could see a bunch of positive regression based on, you know, its offensive performances in this fixture alone. So I just think I I don't really trust this Galaxy defense just yet. They've only in the last 11 regular season meetings, they've held LAFC under one expected goal only one time. Not great. 
So I, I think you're going to see a lot of offense from LAFC. And I think just the fact that, you know, you mentioned it, the, the over is juiced heavily here for a reason. Uh, last 11 regular season games combined 5.27 average goals per match in those 11. So y- y- I think you see goals in this match. And I just think there's a chance. I mean, 4-4 is not an absurd scoreline in this game. I, like, that that's a lot. Normally, you're seeing two ones, one ones, two twos in soccer. We've seen some five threes, some three threes, some like four ones. No scoreline is out of the question here. If you if you're brave enough to bet an exact score in this game, I applaud you. I will not be doing that. But um, I just think the Galaxy haven't faced a top offense yet. I like LAFC every which way in this game. Um, in terms of their three-way money line, I'd need at least probably plus 175 to get involved with without with the draw included. But, you know, minus 105, even money, I'd play their draw no bet line up to minus 120. See, I didn't even know you could do that. I mean, assume you can bet pretty much everything at this point. But that's so much cooler to me than betting a three-way which of course we're talking about includes the tie option um so i love that you can take that out of the mix and then just get a straight up money line and then it you don't it's a push right it's essentially mm-hmm. a push if it ends up being a tie so uh, you get your money back at least i think that's a way more exciting way to bet it who wants to bet on a tie no that's one. like betting on an under exactly. that's fun although to, um, fair, to your point earlier under betting under a half goal don't do it in this game but rooting for a nil nil draw one of the funnest bets in soccer Okay, well, maybe that's how I'll have to start to, like, kind of tip my toes into this a little bit because that's that's something I like to do. I like to bet first period unders in hockey, uh, first inning, no run in the first inning for baseball, so maybe that'll be my thing for soccer as well. Uh, speaking of things that are not so fun, I know we kind of touched on this uh, before we got on air. The Masters are going on. How are your bets looking? Um, I made none. I not an avid golf better. It's very hard to hit outrights in golf. I would rather look at something like to make or miss the cut, But but how are yours looking so far? You know, not if they're they could be going better. Let's put it to you, let me put it to you that way. I mean, last I checked, Sam Burns double bogeyed the fifth hole. Not great. I have him in the top twenty. Justin Thomas can't seem to hit a fairway to save his life. Like you could <sighs> you could put a stack of million dollars next that down next to Justin Thomas Justin Thomas's tee, excuse me, and say hit the <laughs> fairway and this is yours. I don't think he could do it. Like, so uh, Justin Thomas was my pick to win the event coming in, and I'm kicking myself because I really liked Joaquin Neiman coming in, but then I saw Mm. that he was grouped with Tiger, and I was like, oh man, that kid is not going to do well with the Tiger crowds, and sure enough, he's like three or four under par, and I'm looking like a complete fool. So, you know, Mm. things could be going better. Let's hope some of these players start to recover and uh, make me a little money. But I'll say this. I said this to you off air. If Justin Thomas finishes 11th or worse, it is not going to be a good weekend for me. Yeah. Yeah, golf betting, really tough. This segment should be called Things Danielle Doesn't Bet On But Wants to Start to Bet On. Um, and my brother does have some action on this as well. He was trying to get me to bet on. He has Siwoo Kim, I think, Ooh, uh, in an outright. He has Colin Murakawa. And I said, I know that Kelly Bidlin, one of our old producers at VSIN, was a big fan of both of those guys. But I did not even venture some action because let me tell you the times I bet on golf when we we're at VSIN, the few times um I never won any money so I probably needed to watch long shots or something like that but it was just not profitable for me so uh, do not feel bad because I know that golf is not uh the easiest thing to bet but you certainly made things a lot easier for soccer uh betters here so thank you so much to Nick Kenyon you can find him at Action Network and on Twitter at Nick Kenyon Nick thanks so much thank you for having me Danielle it was my pleasure 
And thanks so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I will be back for more LA action on Monday. See you there. All right.